Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're going to break down the film of Zach Wilson, who everybody assumes right now is going to be the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. The new quarterback for the New York Jets. Anything's possible, but that is the assumption at the moment. So, to break down the film, we brought back our favorite quarterback whisperer. Extremely popular episode when he was on the last time, so I'm glad he could join me again. Out of Colorado, quarterback coach. And as I said, he's the man that everybody knows as the quarterback whisperer of Colorado, Mr. Tim Jenkins, the CEO of Jenkins Elite. Tim, thanks so much for coming back on, brother. No, I'm pumped up, man. And uh, yeah, I, the uh, Darnold news dropped and then it seems like uh, Zach Wilson's the uh, no brainer. It's really funny, Tim, because we were going to do a series of shows, including a breakdown of Sam Darnold's film that you put together. And then Darnold gets traded. So I said, yeah, let's just go to Zach Wilson. I don't think Jets fans yeah. want to know about Sam Darnold anymore, but my friend Tony Dunn over at the C3 Panthers podcast certainly would love to hear from you. So I'm going to hook the two of you guys up so that you can enlighten Panthers fans 
on what you think of Sam Darnold. Now that we know that the Jets are not going to have Sam Darnold under center and we assume that it's going to be Zach Wilson, it's time to really dig in on his tape. The last time you were on, you said that you had him as your number one quarterback. Before we get to anything else, you've now watched all of the quarterbacks in this class or at least all of the ones that could potentially go high. Does Zach Wilson remain number one on your quarterback rankings? Yeah, for me, he remains number one. And I think a lot of it, you know, I, I always have to preface this with because it's not, I'm not ranking them on where I think they'll get drafted, right? I think it's a no-brainer that Trevor Lawrence is going to get taken number one overall. And I think there's a lot of factors in that regarding if you're a GM and you don't take him and then he turns out to be pretty good, you're just going to get fired. So I think there's a lot of factors <laughs> that go into that. For me, I'm just looking at it from where I think these guys will end up long-term. And I just think Zach Wilson as of today is a more complete prospect. Um, and a lot of that has to do with all of his pre-snap, you know, eye manipulation and pre-snap just identification of coverage. And I think that's really going to help him excel in this offense that's coming from San Fran. Um, so specific to the New York Jets situation, I think it's a, it's a no brainer fit. And I think it's a no brainer situation where I, I think he's going to have a lot of success. Now I do think the jets need still need to add weapons. Cause that was the thing that jumped off the tape when I did watch Sam Darnold uh, was, I just don't think he's surrounded by a ton of talent. So they are going to still need to add weapons for him, but he is a really good fit in my opinion for what they're going to be running this year. Good news is the jets added Corey Davis and Keelan Cole in the off season. So that helps the receiving core now they really need to do something at offensive line, and I have a feeling they're going to because it is Joe Douglas, and he's somebody that understands the importance of the trenches. So we'll find out exactly what he adds around the quarterback coming up in a couple of weeks. But if Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback, as you said, there's a lot to break down, a lot to look at for Jets fans to know about before he gets here. And let's start with what you just talked about, eye manipulation. He's phenomenal at this. He can move safeties. And there are some examples on your video, which everybody should go watch on your YouTube channel, Tim, where he just moves guys with his eyes enough that he takes them completely out of the picture and creates one-on-one -on -one situations. The downside to this, unfortunately, though, is that sometimes he over-relies on it, overdoes it, and it leads to problems. So if you can, break this down, because when he does it and he's at his best, it's a thing of beauty to watch. It almost reminds me a little bit, even though it's a different sport, of when I would watch Jason Kidd at point guard, yep. the way that he would just fake out guys and then throw a ball behind his back or a quick toss that nobody saw coming. When Wilson is doing that at a high level, he is as good as there is. But then sometimes he tries to get a little too fancy with it and he causes issues for himself. So tell me a little bit about what you saw on tape with the eye manipulation. Yeah, so I think that the thing that's hard is when you're evaluating these guys, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, you know, he's looking this guy off or doing this, and that's a, that's a piece of the puzzle, right? But what I'm more interested in is, was he doing it for a reason? Because a lot of guys will manipulate their eyes or hold a safety, and the safety's not even in the play. Right. And those are guys that you know, in the media will blow it up and make it a big deal. When in reality, it doesn't do anything. Zach does a really good job of moving the people that matter. Right. So if it's the backside in concept with the back releasing wide, he moves that will linebacker to the flat and then throws the end. He does a lot of stuff that's really, really exciting eye manipulation, not just base like hold the safety, but hey, let's actually influence this guy 
and then we're going to replace him with the ball. What happens occasionally on his tape is he decides to move a guy in reality for no reason. There's times that we want to influence and move these guys, and there's times where we just want to read what they're doing and then react off of them. He'll push that envelope a little bit rather than read and react and try to move him when really he doesn't have to because the concept will nat- naturally stress that defender. So that's the times where I you know, identified on the tape. I said, hey, listen, he's you know, kind of doing too much right here, whereas he really just needs to read and react off this defender. So those would be what I would, uh, I, I would say that the two kind of differences are. With that being said, you'd rather have it more than less when you're evaluating right. these prospects because there's guys on tape that don't move anybody, right? Or they just do the simple, I'm going to hold the safety and throw the go. And those are things that kind of everybody can do. So I, I do think it's a good sign. I think it's something that Obviously, you're going to have to address throughout OTAs and training camp with them is, hey, you know, at the NFL level, when we are in a read and react situation, we just have to do it. We can't then try to push the envelope and manipulate him because when that's a 10 year NFL vet, he's going to be the one manipulating the rookie quarterback, right? Not the other way around. So that's definitely going to take some coaching. But based on his tape, you really have to believe that he's got a high level football IQ because of the way he was trying to move these guys within the structure of a defense, which is important, right? A, a mid hook player is not going to run to the flat, right? You're, they're just not going to do it, but a mid hook player, there is ways to leverage him within that zone. And that was what Zach was doing. And that was what was really exciting for me when I watched his tape in comparison to Trevor Lawrence. And that's why Zach did end up edging him out, right? And being my QB one was because those little things that, you know, I, I think we underrate in the draft process, and I think they skew heavily to whether or not someone's successful in the NFL. So that's where I would tell you I think he just his tape was really, really exciting from an evaluator standpoint, and also something that Jets fans should be really excited about because it was something that Justin Herbert was doing this year, and Justin had a great year for the Chargers. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with he was doing stuff with his eyes that we don't see a lot of rookies do. And I think that's what Zach's going to end up coming in and doing. Like you said, the pre-snap recognition is incredible with Zach Wilson. And when I spoke to Jerome Jordan, who covers BYU for BYU TV and interviews Zach Wilson on a weekly basis there and has been doing that throughout the course of the pre-draft process, he said that one thing that everybody was amazed at was how much better he had gotten at that and how he found so many different ways to recognize stuff pre-snap that almost nobody else would recognize. And I was telling you a story even from when Mason Wake was on the show and talked about the stuff that Zach Wilson would see on tape that people would be just astounded that he would recognize something that wouldn't even have to do with him per se. He told Mason one time in a text that when they were in seven mans, the guy that he was going to be going up against, he saw on tape that he would drop his left elbow or something like that. So being able to see those things and recognize them before the snap or before even getting on the field, honestly, is something that most quarterbacks can't do. And it's a trait you love to see, right? Yeah. So there's two ways to look at this. And and I think it's important to be honest. He did a great job pre-snap recognition like you're talking about. He did a fantastic job. The issue when you're watching BYU, I, I would say the only red flag at all is that they didn't 
face a ton of non-stagnant defenses. They taste they they faced a ton of stagnant, which means hey, the team lined up in too high and stayed in too high. So he did a tremendous job identifying it, and it's hard to say, oh, you know, we gotta mark this kid down because it's not his fault, right? It's not his fault the D coordinator wasn't running rotational coverages or exotic looks. With that being said, it's something that if I'm if I'm the quarterback coach for the New York Jets, I'm sitting in that meeting room and I'm saying, hey, when we're in seven on seven, can you guys please give us a ton of rotational looks? You know, can you start in three and kick back to two? Can you start in two and rotate into one robber? Those would be the things that I would be asking for during OTAs because I think it's going to help accelerate his learning process because that's going to be something that since he didn't face it a ton in college, he's going to struggle a bit with it at first, which is what every D coordinator is going to do to a rookie anyways, which is, hey, give him exotic looks. And, you know, even if you bust the coverage, it's okay because hopefully his eyes are in the wrong spot. That's what I think the Jets, if they're, you know, if the program, when you take a guy number two overall, let's be honest, your focus is him, right? As much as you want to build a good football team, your focus is on developing that quarterback into the franchise guy. So you base your practice plan around him. For me, that practice plan needs to reflect rotational coverages and exotic looks. They need to probably practice third down more than anyone else needs to practice it this year outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Um, So there's a lot of stuff that I would tell you they can do to help accelerate that learning process. But, you know, what you said about Zach Wilson is 100% accurate. He did a great job pre-snap. The caveat to it, right, is that they just didn't face a ton of exotic and rotational looks. And knowing that they didn't face that, that's going to be on the New York Jets coaching staff to make sure that they can accelerate his learning process. But I do think it's doable. I just think you you have to plan with purpose. And, you know, let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. The last coaching staff didn't do that at all, right? So (laughs) hopefully this new staff comes in there with a better program and does that at a high level. And to your point about the exotic looks, there were a few times that he faced them and had some trouble. So that is something that no question is going to need to get worked on. And that, as you said, any rookie is going to have to face. But certainly opposing defensive coordinators are going to look at the BYU tape and say, "Okay, he got fooled by this on his tape at BYU. We're going to try this now and see if we can confuse him again. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing that he's going to see a lot of that uh, that I saw in BYU and were the only things that I really thought were errors, he's going to see a lot of start in what looks like two and actual true cover two zone and then snap into cover one robber, which is a man look. So those are, you know, you can usually get away with, hey, if it's cover two and I rotate to cover three because they're both zone concepts, you can usually get away with your eyes being in the wrong spot. When you go from, hey, a true you know, too high zone look and snap down into true man. That's something that if your eyes are in the wrong spot, you're screwed. So he'll see a lot of that and he'll see a lot of cat pressure. He'll see a lot of corner pressure. He'll see a lot of nickel pressure because usually, you know, when they're in nickel, right, as a quarterback, you usually try to manipulate the mic. And what I mean by that is, hey, you know, we always point the mic linebacker to set protection. When we manipulate the mic, you might point the will linebacker and say, hey, Mike is 47, when really it's the will, but it's because you want to manipulate your protection to account for the box rather than the nickel. So that's something that every NFL quarterback does. Well, when you're playing rookies, sometimes you try to get them to mic point someone else, and then they'll bring that nickel pressure. So 
because then that nickel is going to be a free runner. So there's a lot of stuff that Zach's going to have to be ready for based on his tape. With that being said, you can game plan all of that stuff. The more three by one formations you mean you use, right, with three receivers on one side and just a single receiver backside, you can almost eliminate nickel pressure by being in three by one. So those are things that hopefully you see the New York Jets do to help him. Um, you know, with that being said, if they come out in a bunch of two by two, they're going to see nickel pressure all the time. And don't be surprised if you see Zach on the move a little bit weeks one through six, right? Just because he's trying to account for everything that's going on. The good news for Jets fans is it sounds like the NFL is getting closer and closer to having normal OTAs in training camp. If they're on the field and they have normal OTAs in training camp, his learning curve will be expedited. If they have to do the Zoom stuff again, that would be where my worries would come in. But it sounds like everything's gearing towards having normal OTAs in training camp. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Tim, let's talk about ball placement. Zach Wilson was the number one rated passer on tight window throws. And when you look at his tape, you can see why. This guy's ball placement is outstanding. Yeah, a lot of people, too, are kind of giving him a hard time. They're saying, well, was this a jump ball or was this a well-placed ball? And it's like, dude, (laughs) you know, you got to give the kid credit. I think he does a really good job of accurately placing the football. And I I, I think a lot of people are saying, well, hey, look, you know, he costs his receiver some yak here or this or this. But listen, I, you know, accuracy to me is accuracy and – him and Mac Jones, I thought both were really, really accurate with the football. Um, 
you know, did he always lead his guys perfectly at times? I don't know. That's debatable. But at the same time, there was a lot of times that he's throwing these go balls under duress. So I thought Zach did a great job. What I'm most impressed with is not only his accuracy, but his ability to change his arm angle and remain accurate. Because I think that that's a big thing at the NFL level Mm -hmm. in quick game is you can't always just have a consistent arm slot when you're throwing quick game in the NFL. The fact that he's already comfortable manipulating his arm, I think is going to put him, you know, a year or two ahead when it comes to throwing quick game. So those are all things Jets fans should be excited for. But yeah, he's, you know, biomechanically, he's pretty sound. The only thing I would tell you that I saw at all was his front foot spins out at times. If he can do a good job of getting that kind of glued in the ground a little bit more, he's going to be extremely accurate like he was in college. That's something that he worked hard at with John Beck, those arm angles. And as you said, at the NFL level, I think it'll do him a lot of good. With the ball placement, one thing that I did notice that was interesting is he is fantastic at throwing go routes. And especially on the move, like you said, which he had to do under duress at BYU a lot. But the one thing that was sort of a strange catch-22, if you will, is that his back shoulder throwing is as good as it gets, and it's probably his trademark throw. But sometimes he tries to do it when he shouldn't. On the tape that you look at at BYU, there are times where he should just throw a go route, and instead he goes for the back shoulder throw because, Tim, as you point out on your video, With the receiver, if he's even with the defensive back, you throw it past the defensive back. If he's behind the defensive back, that's when you would try to throw a back shoulder throw. Sometimes, I guess, because Wilson is so good at the back shoulder throw, he'll try it when he really should throw a go. And it makes no sense, and I think that's something that a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator at the next level will have to correct. But still, that back shoulder throwing is pretty, isn't it? Yeah, he does a great job with the back shoulder. And listen, you're you're dead on, right? We always said in the NFL, if he's even, he's leaving, right? If, mm-hmm. if our receiver's even, he's going to win. So we want to give him a chance. I think you see this. And again, this is no knock against BYU skill guys because I thought they had some really darn good skill guys. But I do think you see this with quarterbacks who come from systems where their receivers are more likely to be, uh, you know, even athletically right? Meaning, hey, I don't have guys that consistently run past people. So they tend to skew towards the back shoulder. And I think that's why we saw him do it maybe in situations that he didn't need to. With that being said, right, that could benefit the Jets, actually. So I think that they added some guys to that skill room, but that skill room still isn't, in my opinion, like a top skill room in the NFL. I mm-hmm. think they're going to work towards it. I, I really do. I think they're going to invest in it. But he's going to have to throw back shoulder at times in the NFL, and he's going to already have that down. And like you said, it's a, it, it's great. He just needs to get comfortable with the fact of, okay, hey, I know in these certain situations I'm going to I'm throwing a go ball, and I'm not going to try to pull him up. I do think back shoulder is something that in the NFL – it tends to be the thing that DBs are better at playing, right? They tend to start to do certain things that manipulate what a quarterback sees and then they break off of it. So that's something he's got to be aware of. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot, there's a lot pending on the QB coach and the OC with the jets and, and how they program build for this kid. Um, There's a lot of things that if you watch his tape and you really pay attention you can quickly coach out of him, I would say, in the first throughout OTAs to where you get to training camp and you should feel really good about him. 
Uh, if you end up coaching him kind of like how you coach everybody, I think that's a problem. Um, but I just don't think you invest in a guy at number two overall and you don't have a, you know, yeah, you should have a program built for him. And I think they will. Um, but yeah, they're the back shoulder fade, man. He, when he threw up, it was, it was special stuff. And then, you know, it's like everything when you're really good at something, you tend to rely on it. And then there are situations where it's not smart to throw the back shoulder, like we identified, but I do think it, it it's it's a compounding issue between hey BYU might not always have guys that are running past everybody and then he's really good at it so you know it's like playing golf right if you if you if you tend to hit your driver really well you're gonna hit your driver on some holes that isn't gonna give you a good yardage going into the pin um, and that's kind of what we have with quarterbacks too right if you're really really good at throwing back shoulder you're gonna try to throw it as much as you can <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure always over rely on something that you tend to have a really, really special talent at. And that's something he might have to dial back a little bit in the NFL, but it's an absolutely fantastic skill to have. And overall, his arm talent is special. If we're talking back shoulder fade, if we're talking throwing on the run, if we're talking changing arm angles, all of that, he's got tremendous arm talent. And you actually identified him as having probably the best arm talent in this entire class what made you say that? So what I think is hard too, right, is this is a talented class. So there, you know, Trey Lance, a great thrower of the football, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence. The thing that I really liked, and this is something that I was actually surprised at. So I got to be transparent. I went into the Zach Wilson tape thinking to myself, I'm going to not like this kid <laughs> because people had tweeted me clips like, oh, you're going to love him. And they were tweeting me like, you know, the fade, like a, a, like a, a fade off the 10 yard line. It's like, if that's why I'm going to love him, you know, you need to come check out, you know, some random guy throwing to the park because everybody can throw a 10 yard fade. The more I dug into his tape, though, the more you realize, you know, listen, I'll list it off real quick. Here's all the NFL throws you saw on BYU tape. The stick at eight post, which is the most commonly thrown deep ball in the NFL, the Harvey route, the gift, the stick, the shallow, the sneak, the dog. There's so many things that you that you started to see on his tape that translate directly to the NFL and the modern NFL to where when you see him consistently make those throws, you've got to say, listen, this kid's arm talent is through the roof. Now, could all these other top guys probably make the throws? Yes, but the issue is, is all of them made it at their pro day versus seeing it on tape, right? Because their offenses weren't built like BYU. So to me, that's what I was actually most impressed with when I walked away from watching the BYU tape was, I came into it thinking BYU was this spread it out, you know, air raid type offense. When in reality, everything they have built is off of pro concepts. You know, I, 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 I'm honestly overly impressed with what they were doing with him from an installation and, a, and an insult perspective. And a lot of people crucified him by saying, Hey, they, all they ran was double go with middle read. And it's like, okay, well, sure. That was, you know, 10% of his highlights but watch his actual tape because it's just not true. They, they throw a ton of modern NFL concepts. So I, I was actually more impressed with that. And that's why I said, Hey, listen, I think his arm talent might be the best in the draft because you've seen him throw all these throws that he's going to have to make on Sunday. So I, I, I think there's a lot to love and the people that I think are kind of crucifying him for just, Hey, all he did was throw go balls or middle read. It's like, okay, sure. Like, yeah, his highlights are his touchdowns. There's a lot of that, but 
there's a lot of just second and sixes that they convert off of a great stick read or throwing a backside Omaha or throwing Y dog on third down. So I think there's a lot of stuff between the highlights to love. And that's what a quarterback evaluation is. Everybody's going to have highlight plays all the top, all the top, not even the top, every single quarterback who people are going to draft has great highlight plays. Kellen Mond, right? You want to talk about highlight plays. Holy mackerel. Kellen Mond has some great, big time highlight plays but when you're talking about the meat and potatoes of playing quarterback which is converting third downs i thought zach wilson did a great job and i thought he made a lot of throws that are going to translate directly to any offense in the nfl so that's where for me it was like man i think this kid might have the best arm in this draft and it's just because of what he put on tape tim let's flesh out what you were talking about with the byu offense a little bit more Steve Young said that when you watch Zach Wilson, you see a ton of things at BYU that you will also see in the NFL and that you would recognize in the San Francisco offense. In fact, I believe his quote was something along the lines of the BYU offense and the San Fran offense. There's so much in common there that he'd be a natural fit. And there's been a lot of arguments with people saying, this guy's the best fit in the San Fran offense. That guy's the best fit in the San Fran offense. And then people will talk about Wilson doesn't throw as much over the middle of the field as somebody like Justin Fields. So Fields is a better fit. And then they'll talk about the various concepts that Zach Wilson ran at BYU, as you just outlined, to say, no, Wilson is the better fit. Then people talk about the processing and use that to say that Wilson is a better fit. Talk to me a little bit more about what the BYU offense and that Shanahan San Francisco offense have in common, because I'm not one that is for drafting somebody just for scheme fit, because as we know, Tim, coaches and systems come and go in the NFL. You want a quarterback that's scheme diverse, because then if you change the coach, you don't have to worry about, oh, we have to find a coach who can fit this guy. You can go out and get the best coach because you know that that quarterback can handle anything that comes his way. But... If we're talking about this San Francisco Shanahan offense, it seems to me like he fits well. The narrative that he doesn't throw that much over the middle of the field. I looked at his tape. I saw him throwing plenty over the middle of the field, and he was good there. He does like to throw outside the numbers, no question, but he's good at throwing over the middle of the field too. The quick processing seems to be a staple of that offense. And then a lot of those concepts that he ran at BYU that a lot of people don't recognize in the highlights, that translates, as far as I can tell, to to the Shanahan offense as well. So flesh that out for me a little bit more if you can. When you're looking for scheme fit to me, what you're going to look for is the throws on tape, mm-hmm. right? Hey, what are, what's super common in the Shanahan system? Well, the stick at eight post, the deep hank, the big in route, the seam, the middle read, all that kind of stuff. They like to push the ball down the field off a of run action and BYU did that. So I think when you, you're, you're looking for the throws and I think Zach Wilson checked all the boxes. The thing that's hard about processing, right, and the thing that makes it a really hard trait to identify is, you know, in the NFL, so jalapeno, right, which is double post with a deep over. Well, in the NFL, you're not going to read the shoulder eight. You're just going to go stick it eight post down to the deep over, down to the flat. In college, you very well could read the shoulder eight. So because uh, college offenses – have uh, the modern college offense has really kind of simplified and streamlined the way they read plays because they try to go so fast. It's really hard to say, well, Justin Fields does a good job 
reading this play and Zach Wilson does a better job reading this play because who really knows what they're being coached? All you can really do is look at their eye placement and try to decipher, okay, why are they doing that? And in my opinion, to be able to look at a guy's eye placement and to decipher what's going on in his head versus why the guy, why the coordinator called it takes a really special skill set that I don't think a lot of guys, right? I don't want to be a jerk, but I don't think a lot of guys who are evaluating prospects on Twitter really possess, right? Because it's like, oh, Justin Fields, look at him read through this play. Like I saw someone defend. So one, I want to say that Justin Fields is not a one read guy. But I saw someone defending that he's not a one-read guy with a clip that was clearly him reading one read, right? So it's like, ah, this is tough because you're not using the right clip to defend him. And that's where, for me, this whole thing has gotten blown out of whack in terms of the scheme fit like you're talking about. You know, listen, Zach Wilson makes a ton of throws that you're going to see show up on Shanahan tape. With that being said, you know, I don't think – San Fran's going to, or I don't think New York's going to run exactly what San Fran does. I think there's going to be a spinoff of it and they're probably going to try to incorporate a lot of stuff that Zach did at BYU. So I wouldn't over, I, I guess I wouldn't overly stress about, Hey, is he a direct fit? And I wouldn't do that with any of these prospects because if a kid's good enough and you believe in his talent enough, you're going to draft him and, and tailor your system a little bit, right? Think about Peyton Manning. When Peyton Manning came to Denver, it wasn't like, okay, here, Peyton, here's our system. Peyton decided what the system was, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of conversation with these top prospects on what they're comfortable with and then molding that to what uh, the offensive coordinator wants to do. So I, 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 all I would tell you from the Jets' perspective is that Zach has made every single throw that you're going to look at on San Fran tape. Now, did he make it from under center off a of power play action versus being in the gun and pistol off a of power play action? Those would be the debatable points. But in the grand scheme of things, to me, that doesn't really matter at all. Let's talk a little bit about his mechanics, Tim, because there were two things that you notice when you watch his tape that I know for a fact you didn't like. One of them is that he's a right foot back guy, and I know that you hate that. <laughs> the other is that he tends to hitch a little too much. So talk to me about that. Yeah, listen, I'm not a big right foot back guy because it, it's just such a it's a it's such a complex topic. But changing your stance in the gun from left foot back to right foot back, you really change your footwork for every single route that you throw, and that's a big deal, right? And it, it's and the timing of it and all that stuff. So, you know, for me, I would change him to left foot back if I was the New York Jets, but I'm not. So we'll see what happens. But I do think right foot back it just throws your timing off, especially in quick and intermediate game. And then his, you know, he, he just tended, his hits just tended to climb too much versus, hey, using it in rhythm to, uh, you know, throw a certain concept. So those are things from a, just a footwork cleanliness perspective that the cleaner they can get that, the better. Um, and I hate to bring him up again, but Justin Herbert, that's something, you know, I, I've just been watching him recently. And that's something that he really cleaned up from Oregon to, you know, the LA Chargers, I always want to say San Diego, but LA Chargers, he cleaned that up so much. And I think that was part of his success this year as a rookie. So if Zach can clean that up and if they decide to keep him right foot back, so be it. But if they can clean that up, that's really going to help him this season. Um, and it's just going to help him clean up some of the issues that I saw in college where you saw him take a hitch when he didn't need to. And then the safety would drive on it and either, you know, make a play on the ball or just wreck his receiver. And those are things that in the NFL, that's a pick, right? It's not just a tackle 
in the NFL, if you hitch at the wrong time, that's an interception. So those are things that he's going to have to clean up. Uh, but again, it's part of that film study. When you draft a guy at two, should it also involve building the program for him? And I do think uh, that this new, you know, hopefully, right, for the sake of you and all of, all of Jets Nation, this <laughs> new staff is better at than the old staff. So let's uh, hopefully give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, we're doing good and bad here because we want to paint a full picture. So we'll talk about some of the bad stuff that we saw, and then we'll talk about some of the good things that we saw. And one of the good things is his ability to make plays out of structure, off-platform, on the run, under duress. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but I don't know if there's a better player in this draft at doing that. Is there? No. I, he does a great job. And the, the other thing, too, I would add to it is – he does a surprisingly great – I don't want to say surprising, but he does a great job on it when he gets two man or he gets a real man look of scrambling when he needs to, getting the first down and sliding. To me, that's the best thing is he's already a good slider, so you don't have to teach him that, right, because you want to keep him protected. Uh, but he does a great job with his feet, getting out of trouble, and then also – you know, he extends the play in a scramble situation and he can drill the ball on the run. So I think he's a really exciting prospect from the scramble drill aspect. But I also think he does a great job of converting third downs with his legs, which is an underrated aspect of his game. Uh, so that to me is really exciting. And then, of course, off platform in the pocket, he does a great job. But we already touched on his arm angle and that's what enables him to do that. So I think he does a you know, he is probably one of the better guys in the draft. I think the next best you would have to say is probably Justin Fields um, or those guys are really 1A, 1B. Um, but they're noticeably better, in my opinion, than, say, Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance and Mac Jones when it comes to the off-platform and the creation outside of structure. Again, good and bad. So let's talk about something he needs to work on, the handoffs and the play-action fakes. He's not the best at yep. that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's uh, again, he's not great at it, but the way BYU was set up from not really doing it from true under center or doing it in pistol didn't help. So that's something that they are going to have to hammer. Again, it's part of that program. You've got to really work his under center run game fakes, right, whether it be power play action or inside zone, along with his arm extension and off arm. If you work that, his play action and run action will be noticeably better this season, and then he'll make the next jump going into year two once you have a lot of tape to really run side by side and say, okay, look, here's your run game and here's your run action. Here's when you actually hand it off, right? And then here's your play action aspect. You know, hey, what are we noticing different? And then let's make sure those are perfect. So that's something that you can improve year one, and then it'll make a noticeable jump year two for him. One aspect of his game that you notice on tape is his ability to recognize where the checkdown is. And that's important because, especially in the NFL, if a team gets a free rusher, and we've seen this many times, the famous I'm seeing ghosts incident with Sam Darnold being yeah. an example, <laughs> you want to be able to get the ball out under duress and be able to make a play. Wilson has a penchant for doing that, and I think that'll serve him well in the NFL. Yeah, he does a great job. I mean, one of my favorite clips was there's a free runner coming at him and it's a shot play. And it, normally young quarterbacks, when there's a shot play called man, they love to throw the deep ball, but he's got a free runner at him. He flips his base. He gets to his running back and his running back actually ends up going and scoring. So to me, that's the one clip that you watch and you go, man, this is awesome stuff. Everybody else just sees a check down that the guy ends up, you know, running and, and doing a great job. But 
it's so much more than that. Cause when you get a free runner and you flip it and deliver it, man, it's special. So I really, you know, that was the clip that I really kind of jumped out of my seat and got excited about, which probably no one else on planet earth did. But <laughs> to me, it's just, that's high level quarterback play. So that's going to, like you said, it's going to serve him really, really well as he transitions into the NFL. Cause there's going to be a lot of free runners. Cause a lot of people are going to blitz him and heat him up. And it's something he's got to be ready for. Does he get a little too fancy at times, though, do you think? Maybe hold the ball a little too long, try to make a play when there isn't a play there, force some throws, even sometimes try to do a no-look throw, especially to like a running back or something like that when it's not necessary? Is that something that you think needs to be peeled back a little bit at the NFL level? Yeah, you could say that he tra- he changes his arm angle unnecessarily, right? There's times where he drops his arm down and it kind of – Hey, did he really need to do that? Probably not. Um, but that's something that I, I just, you know, I would handle with caution, right? Because you, you're taking this guy number two overall for a reason. You believe in his game. And I, I wouldn't necessarily try to take too much creativity away from him from that aspect. I would coach it when you see it. Uh, but I don't think it's something that they have to preemptively address. I think he does, you know, I, yeah, at times he can get too creative with his arm angle or too creative with his eyes. But I do think that's something, hey, you know, let's coach it when we see it. Let's not preemptively put things in his head. That's where, you know, I would come at it from a from a coach's perspective. Mark Sanchez recently said that he thinks Zach Wilson might suffer from a little bit of a case of Brett Favre at the next level. But it sounds like you're not that worried about it. I hope not. No, I don't think he will. <laughs> I think he'll listen. I think he'll be creative within the offense. But I do think he I think he's already shown on tape that he has, you know, the capacity to read things out the way they're supposed to be. And, and and all that and I think you know that he'll be set up drastically different in my opinion in New York than kind of Mark was Mark was you know was such a run heavy system that you know when you get a shot play called you want to take it whereas I think what they'll do with Zach they'll they'll have you know obviously a good run game but I do think they'll you know hopefully preemptively get him in more quick game and 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 you know modified downfield to where that won't even really factor into it hopefully with how they build the system for him. Let's dig in a little bit more on the processing because as we touched on a little bit earlier, it's a staple of that Shanahan offense or some sort of variation of the Shanahan offense that we assume Mike LaFleur is going to run with the Jets. Quick decision-making, being able to recognize things fast. Tell me about what you saw on tape with Wilson there because as far as I can tell he's probably the most advanced prospect in this area maybe Mac Jones comes close but he seems to be the guy that would be number one there yeah I think he does a great job I think you know the thing that we don't talk about enough with San Fran and you know I guess really in Green Bay right there's a mixture of all of these guys all over what we don't talk about a ton is the getting in and out of plays at the line of scrimmage, right? When you hear Jimmy Garoppolo yell, can, can, they're just changing the play, right? They're changing it from this to that or kill, kill. They're changing it from this to that. Um, Alert, alert's the same thing. So I think that's what we don't talk about. That's what we kind of didn't see on tape with Zach Wilson. He processes information at a high level because he was manipulating the right guys within the structure of a defense. Now, the the next hurdle, right, the next thing that Jets fans need to look for is, is he getting them in and out of the right run play? So is he, hey, killing it from this side run to this side run based on a numbers count? Is he killing them from run to pass, pass to run based on the coverage shell? Those are the things that the, the Jets will have a better idea of anybody because they've been able to interview him and say, hey, if you get this look, what do you do? This to this, this to this. 
So there's some stuff that they can already start to learn behind the scenes, but that's something that they're really going to have to focus in and coach him well on, because that's one of the more complex sides of the Shanahan system is getting in and out of the right run play. And then of course, being able to go past the run, run to pass based on the look. I, I, I would suspect that Zach can do a good job of it based on what he was doing on his film with, manipulating certain defenders obviously he understands what the defense is trying to do uh, but that's going to be the next step for him when he gets to the NFL let's talk about RPOs because it's not something that a lot of people mention when it comes to Zach Wilson but if you look at his tape he sure seems like he'd be capable of it at the NFL level do you expect LaFleur to put together something, maybe Greg Knapp, some RPO looks, some concepts for him to use, because he obviously is a really good athlete and he can move. You don't want him to turn into Michael Vick or Josh Allen or something like that, but it should be something that's in the playbook and an available option for him, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll incorporate a little bit of RPO. I, I, what I would suspect they do is do a little bit of, they probably will get into a little bit more flex formations. They'll be in a little bit more spread. I would anticipate that they just do a lot out of quick game with it, right? Hey, if the will linebacker shoots in, just pull and throw the stick. Um, I wouldn't suspect that they're going to use him much as a runner uh, with a true, you know, run to run read option. But I do think they'll do a ton of run pass. I, I, I think that it'd be a no brainer to incorporate on first downs, right? Get him a nice, easy completion to start the drive. So it's something that you saw on tape a little bit with BYU that I do think obviously their wheels have to be turning of, hey, creative ways we can run the football, but also get him an easy completion. So I suspect they're going to do a little bit of it. And I think, you know, quite honestly, this whole draft class, that should be something that these offensive coordinators are looking at doing with them because a lot of these guys are good at running RPOs because um, it, it's just, you know, it's a modern college game. So I think there's a lot of stuff that they'll incorporate maybe early on in downs and drives. Uh, that could really get Zach comfortable, especially in those first six weeks of playing um, that you're really just, you want to see him getting his feet wet, getting him comfortable, you know, have him start to see some completions. That's really going to help him. Um, you know, I think expedite his learning curve. Tim, in looking at Zach Wilson's tape, did it concern you at all what happened in 2019? Because we know that his freshman year, he was really good in 2018. 2019, he dipped and then 2020, he was back where he was in 2018. And in fact, I would say that he took a couple of steps up even from 2018. Going through his film, are people glossing over 2019 too much? You know, I think that's a great question. Are people glossing over it? No, because I don't think you can really evaluate a guy. You got to evaluate the most recent tape you have. If you start really, you know, listen, Cincinnati felt good with Joe Burrow playing one year, right? It wasn't like they went back a year and said, well, I didn't like what he did on you know, scout team with Ohio state, right. That's not like a, that wasn't a concern with him. So no, I think you evaluate what you have. Are they glossing over it? You know, there's probably some issues to be seen on the tape. Probably even his freshman year, there's some issues to be seen on tape. The important thing is, did he grow? And I think 2020 was a resounding. Yes. He didn't make the same mistake. So as long as he's growing, it's not a concern. If there were things that he struggled with in 2019 that, Hey, then showed up again in 2020, then you've really got something you've got to figure out, hey, is this kid not getting it? Did he not get coached on it? Um, but no, I don't think people are glossing over. I think you evaluate the most recent season, and then I think you go from there. And Tim, you are a quarterback, and you've worked with a ton of quarterbacks, so you know a torn labrum is something that if it gets repaired, eventually you end up being able to have a healthy career on it. Look at what happened with Drew Brees. However, 
at the beginning, after the surgery, it's going to sap a lot of your arm strength. So that would seem to, at least on paper, explain away a lot of what went wrong in 2019 in terms of there not being as much zip on the ball. In fact, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but Aaron Roderick, who is the offensive coordinator of BYU, said that in 2019, two weeks before football activities began at BYU, Wilson couldn't throw the ball 15 yards on a fly. So certainly, if you're looking at his 2019 tape, you'd have to take that into account as well, right? Yeah, and you're just, you know, you're relearning everything, right? It's like anybody who's come off an injury, you know, you're relearning how to do stuff that... uh, that you know is in there the muscle memory but you got to relearn it you got to you know you got to do it again right anyone who's got you know listen i broke my collarbone when i came off of that it, you know it felt foreign throwing the ball for a couple of weeks and if that's pressed up against football season it's of course going to show up on your tape so i do think it's something that you've got a factor but i also think that's why when you look at his 2020 it relieves all your concerns from hey did the shoulder heal and then was this kid's 2019 a fluke you can really say yeah it was because look at 2020 and the growth so you know i i think you know to me there's no real injury concerns and then there's no real you know growth concerns i think he answered both those questions in 2020 like you pointed out and i think it's time to uh just focus on what the kid did this season because it was pretty special <laughs> Focus on what he did in 2020, but we want to focus on what he's going to do in 2021 as well. If the Jets draft Zach Wilson, do you think he can be a day one starter? Will he be ready to go? Now, you touched on this a little bit earlier. If they have in-person OTAs and in-person camp, it should go a long way towards helping him. But if he comes in based on what you saw on the tape, and let's say he has to compete against a veteran, and let's, for the sake of argument, say that it's Nick Mullins or Alex Smith or Brian Hoyer or somebody like that, nobody remarkable, but somebody that's been around the block a little bit, knows the offense, and understands NFL-level defenses, do you think that Zach Wilson would be able to win an open competition against one of those guys, or are the Jets going to be in a situation where they would be better off letting him sit for a little bit and then having him come in and start? Whether that ends up being something like Jared Goff, where he sits for half the season, or even Justin Herbert, who sat for a game. What do you think? You know, I think your quarterbacks always benefit from sitting, right? That's one thing I will say. that I think a quarterback always benefits from sitting for a little bit. Um, There's some case studies in, okay, well, that's not true. Look at this guy, this guy, this guy. But I do think generally quarterbacks – it helps them to be able to process a little bit about what's going on in the NFL game, get used to the installs, get used to all that stuff. What I will say is that Brian Hoyer, right? If they bring in a guy like Hoyer, Alex Smith, he will a hundred, they will a hundred percent look better than Zach Wilson in training camp. That's just what happens. These guys have been in the NFL forever. You know, they're going to of course look better, right? They're good. They know all, they know what the defense is doing to them. They know what the play is asked of. It's like watching Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. Of course, Fitzpatrick looks better, right? He's been in the NFL forever. He knows what he's seeing and Tua's just getting started in Miami. So that to me is where I think those guys will, of course, look better. The question is, is when to turn the young kid free? Because you know that the young kid's the future of your franchise. I think everybody benefits from learning. Do I think he could be a day one starter? Of course he can be. Right? All his tape indicates that he can. You would have to really trim down your play calling menu to make sure it's something he's comfortable with, make sure he's ready for all the looks he'll see with it. But he could start and win day one. I do think he would benefit from being able to sit a little bit, 
I don't know what the Jets' philosophy is on that. I don't know what the new staff's philosophy is on that. But I do think generally every quarterback's going to be, be going to benefit from sitting. Look at Mahomes, right? Who, by everyone's account, was ready to go year one based on how he practiced. But I would say they made the right decision in sitting him for a year because you know we've seen the result. So I do think every quarterback's going to benefit from sitting. But uh, you know, if they, if you know, if if you're really pressing me, hey, can he win day one? Of course he can. You're just going to have to really make sure that your play calling is geared towards him and that you limit that menu to make sure that he's comfortable with everything you're running. Going to be an interesting situation to watch. I'm curious if the Jets do end up sitting him for a little bit or if he starts day one. Some of that is going to depend on how he performs at training camp. Some of it is going to depend on organizational philosophy. So we'll find that out in short order, especially if all the buzz is true and Zach Wilson is the pick at number two. And now we know a lot about what to expect from him based on his tape. Thanks to the quarterback whisperer, of Denver, Colorado, our friend Tim Jenkins, the CEO of Jenkins Elite. Tim, thank you so much for coming back on. Really appreciate it. Hope you'll come back soon. In fact, after the draft, maybe we can talk a little bit more about Mr. Wilson if the Jets draft him, or if they throw a curveball and draft somebody else, we can break down that quarterback. In the meantime, though, you've got some fantastic YouTube videos up, including one on Zach Wilson that everybody should watch if they haven't already. You've broken down all the quarterbacks in this class, or at least the ones that everybody assumes could go high. You've also got a fantastic camp that you run for a lot of different quarterbacks, and it's now in several different states, if I'm not mistaken. So tell people how they can get a hold of you in terms of talking football, maybe to sign up for your camp if they have somebody in their life that wants to learn a little bit more about playing quarterback, watch your videos, everything that you're up to right now now yeah they can just follow me and on twitter it's at t jenkins elite and then if they want to look at any of the youtube breakdowns it's all things qb and yeah if they have a quarterback in denver houston or phoenix they can look us up on jenkinselite.com and we'd love to have them out and and help the quarterbacks get a little bit better and and hopefully start a pipeline to where we're just talking about our guys all the time so i do uh you know they can find me anywhere. Just tweet me. I, I love talking football and answering any questions that anybody has. So I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited. Hopefully we can keep this thing rolling and, and I'll help you break down these guys throughout the season too when they start playing. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Make sure that you're following Tim on Twitter and checking out all of his work. And make sure that you give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. Also be quite grateful if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel. A lot of great stuff up right now. Pace's playbook, Kayla Pace doing weekly episodes with her commentaries. We've got the archive videos of Play Like a Jet Live with Luke Grant and Clayton Smarslock. Those, of course, now a part of U Stadium, so we've got a great collaboration going there. Luke Grant has been putting together prospect profiles, so quick videos showing highlights and the pros and cons of different players that the Jets might be looking at in the draft. So go ahead over to the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel and subscribe and make sure that you're checking out everything over at playlikeajet.com. And, of course, you know that for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, there's only one place to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.